Today on the Multiply Podcast, we're talking about creating a productive work week with special guest Jonathan Sigmund. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multiply Podcast. My name is Jared. My name is David. So glad to be back. Yeah, man. Back Good in the studio. Back. Feels we, right. Coming off a week of break, our children were out of school last week. Yep. My week was a little more enjoyable than yours. Yep. Because I spent a lot of time looking down the toilet bowl while yeah. I threw up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the final clarifying statement. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. A lot of sickness going around right now. Yeah. The stomach bugs swept through the Berry family. Some of us have applied blood to our doorposts and we've been fine. And some of us are. David right now is wearing a full scale medical <laughs> medical mask as he's doing this podcast. I did give a thought to actually throwing on <laughs> one of those masks when I come over here because I don't want what you had. And we had a great week. Actually, we ended up in Florida with our girls, enjoyed a couple of days in the Disney parks, and had a lot of fun. But it's good to be back um, and excited to excited for this episode. Yes, I'm very excited for this episode because I I will I'm say off excited. the bat. Well, I know what you're going to say, and you're well, you're right. This if there's one episode that I need, <laughs> I think it's this episode. Yeah. So we're talking about integrity today. And <laughs> No, we are. We have a special guest who's a good friend of ours. You're going to introduce him in a moment, but he's going to be today. We're going to be talking all about a productive work week, mm-hmm. how to be strategic and making sure that you are more productive. Yeah. And I am great at, um, you know, hanging out and being friends. And sometimes I let that get in the way of my production. And so I need this help. I need help from from our uh, esteemed colleague and guest, and um, someone say mentor. Yeah. I think for me, it's my productivity is is in uh, windows of productivity and then windows of just like being very unproductive at times. And just so I'm interested in talking with Jonathan a little bit about managing the energy in your day and how that works. But uh, today we have a, a guest, a friend of both of ours and a pastor in upstate New York. Jonathan Sigmund has been pastoring, serving as a pastor at a church in Chai Lai, uh, west of Rochester called Calvary Assembly. Uh, he has served in, for five years. He was serving as a youth pastor and, and providing leadership with their music uh, ministry teams. And then uh, for the past five years, he's served as an executive pastor. Great church, growing church, church that's building right now and moving into a new uh, facility, I think, in the next couple months. And so, Jonathan, welcome to the Multiply Podcast. We're glad that you are with us. So glad to be here with you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, John. You're a great dude, great friend, and we're excited to hear from you. So um, tell us a little bit about this topic. I've actually heard you speak on on something like this before, and it was it was awesome. You had a lot to say. It's something that's kind of your sweet spot. So before we dive in, give us a little um, a little insight into why why this matters, right? Why is it so important to think through um, um, shaping your work week in order to make it more productive? Yeah. Well, I think that for me, it all started when I just even started in ministry uh, back 10 years ago. And and I didn't really have any training to know what am I supposed to do with my days? Like I've been trusted to lead the youth and the worship ministry. But, you know, what, what do what do my days look like? And um, what I noticed is I started like developing patterns that I thought were very effective at the time. But they ended up not really being that way, but it it took me a long time to figure that out. And so 
uh, so that was, that was one thing that like now looking back, I'm like, oh man, I was wasting so much time, but I, I didn't know it at the time. And so part of the question for me becomes for us as leaders, where, where are those blind spots where we are using time that's getting used up on things that, that don't matter as much so that we're not able to be as effective at the things we feel called to do and grow and lead and help and, uh, so yeah, so that's kind of where I got passionate about that. And then now I'm in a role where I help lead a staff. And so I want to help them become all that they can be for the gospel and be effective ministers for him. And, and so, um, that, that's, I'm, I'm passionate about trying to help them and serve them well so that they can serve others well as too. I love the way you talk about this because you you really focus less on the end goal of productivity, but the end goal of mission effectiveness. And you talk about what needs to change in your calendar right now or next week in order to reach people you aren't currently reaching, um, or whatever um, the the mission is. So so some people who listen to our podcast they don't serve in local churches; they're running companies, they work in hospitals. But either way, this is. Um, a pertinent topic and conversation, whether you're in a local church or, or wherever you're serving. Um, so when you think through this idea of what needs to change so that you can be more mission effective, uh, what's, what are some of the things that you take time to consider, questions you ask yourself for uh, personal evaluation? Yeah. So I think one thing that uh, I discovered was that I am most fresh and most productive in the mornings. Um, but the way that my calendar was structured was that I was having the majority of my meetings in the morning. And, and, I, and I originally thought that would actually be the most helpful because I want to be fresh for people's conversations and things. And I do. But what I found was then I would start trying to work on some of the bigger projects later on in the day. And by then I just, I just noticed like, man, I am just trudging through this work and it has taken me three times longer to get this done than I feel like it should. And so just a very practical thing was I've, I've tried to really protect my mornings. I start at nine. So the nine to noon range where that is my focused time on whatever is the most important thing that I can do to help the organization, to help the church, to help whatever it is that I'm supposed to be focused on. Because then in the afternoons, if I have meetings, I'm, I'm present when I'm face to face with somebody. Like I don't just disengage if somebody's there. And so um, for me, it, it really became about energy management for me, even more than just time management, because by the end of the day, I just was so much less productive that I felt like I, I tried to do that. Then the other thing that I try to do is stack my meetings, not just in the afternoons, but I try to do that on Wednesdays and Fridays. And that way, on the other days in the work week, so specifically Thursday, I, I try to say, like, it's no meetings Thursday. And I've even tried to implement that uh, throughout our church as, as best as we can. And we're not perfect at it. And we're not, you know, you know, religious about it. But we try to make it that, hey, this would be a full day where we could be focused on the things that are most important for our ministries. And I think it's been really helpful for myself and also helpful for, our, for my team. Well, let me thank you for violating your no podcast Monday rule to be. We, we really appreciate that. 
Uh, oh no, pod, podcast Mondays is only for podcasts. <laughs> I just listen yeah. to this podcast over and over oh, on repeat because there's so much wisdom. Mm, mm, yeah, you might want to skip this episode because you already know all this stuff. <laughs> I have I have a, I have a couple quick questions and then a thought based on what you said. So um, let me start with a thought and then I'll leave you with a couple questions. I I I love this thought. I love this idea. Um, I think this is important. And there's three things that I tried. Once I know where my energy is, and actually it's very similar to what you described. I have a lot of energy when I first come into the office, and then I tend to lose energy after lunch, which is usually related to the few bowls of pasta that I ate for lunch. Um, but uh, And then I kind of regain some energy towards the end of the workday. But there's three things I really try to save for my energy times. And, and because I'm a preacher, they all start with the letter C. Um, and it's content creation. Um, so writing sermons, um, anything that has to, anything that doesn't currently exist that I need to create outside of maybe graphics, um, content creation, uh, creativity. So like thinking outside the box to solve solutions, that sort of stuff. And then conflict. Um, if there's a hard conversation needs to be had, I want to have it when I have energy, um, to protect them and myself. So those are some things that have helped me. But as far as my, my questions, follow-up questions for you is number one, how did you learn what your peak performance time is and number two what would you say to the person who doesn't actually have full control over their schedule because in in our next episode we'll talk about what it's like to serve in the second chair so you don't have to dive too deep on that but just Mm -hmm. uh you you, you're let's say you're on a team and your your peak productivity is one to three in the afternoon but that's when your leader schedules all of your meetings and stuff like any advice so first off uh, how did you learn this secondly what do you do if your schedule is being made by someone else yeah, so so the way I learned that was very similar to you. I, I had that after lunch hour lull where I would just like I just got tired. And what I found that is if, if I was meeting with somebody, I wouldn't fall asleep in the middle of the meeting. But if I was sitting at my computer, it was so hard to stay focused. And that wasn't the case for me early on in the morning. And and the other thing that I learned, even with that, um, it's a nuance to it, but I used to always start my day by checking my email. And what I found was that that really started to dictate then the priorities of my day. And I would then never get to the most important things. So now even part of what I try to do is literally put into my calendar, hey, I'm going to have some meetings at one and at two and, you know, but then I'm going to I can do emails from that three to five p.m. slot. And um, I tell my team, if there's something that's really urgent or pressing, they can text me. Um, but if not, send it to my email and then I can get to it at the right time. So that way I'm able to focus on the bigger things. But as far as not being in control of your schedule, I'm, I'm not the, the top dog head honcho like uh, Mr. Reverend David Hurtwick. And so um, one of the things that, that I did was I... Um, had some conversations with my boss, with my senior pastor, and I said, "Hey, this is this is something I'm noticing. Can we can we move our meeting to the afternoon?" And um, we have we have multiple and um, for different things that we meet on. And some some we were able to, and some we weren't. But um, once he found that out, and he, he said, "Oh, this would help you be more effective." He wasn't trying to stop that, and uh, so instead, he just said, "Oh, yeah, for sure, just just work that out, and um, we can make that happen." And so, honestly, it just started as a simple conversation, and then it opened up and freed up me to be able to, like you're saying, Dave, focus on some of the the things that I I felt like were most important, and, and that was the that was the thing is I kept feeling like. 
I'm doing all these things, but I never can get time to work on the things that I feel like are the most important. And so then what I was doing is I'm, I'm bringing it home or in, in, Sometimes it's not even like a physical bringing it home, but my mind is then working on it at home because it is that bigger picture stuff. And that's not how I want to do my life. That's not how I want to do my ministry. When I'm, when I'm home, I, I want to be present with, with my wife and my kids. And so, um, so anyways, that was, that was where that all started and why I'm so passionate about this conversation. Jonathan, um, one of the things that I struggle with when it comes to this is, uh, I, I tend to be a, uh, such a people person that when people come in to have conversations with me or someone calls me on the phone or I, like I come alive, I love that stuff certainly way yeah. more than I love responding to emails or, or anything like that. So how do you, um, how do you make decisions when you're looking at your week as far as who you're going to meet with, how many meetings you're going to have? Um, mm-hmm. how, uh, is there a way in which you kind of shield yourself from those temptations of, just uh, sidetracking your whole day because you're kind of relationally getting involved with stuff that may be better for you not to. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a, that's a great thing. I think many pastors and leaders, many of them are, uh, they, they love spending time with other people and that's a good thing. And that should be commended. And, and I'm actually the same way. I, I love spending time with people. I get my energy from that. I'm, I'm like a hundred percent extroverted. And so the thought of trying to shorten those things is not uh, not always what what I want to be doing. Um, but like I said, then I end up not getting to some of the most important things. And so then something else in my life suffers. So um, really, um, a, a couple of things that um, I've been playing around with. One is, um, so I'll, I'll have uh, weekly or biweekly meetings with um, some of my team, whether they're volunteers or staff. Um, that meet with me to talk about what's going on in their ministry, how I can support them, um, both in their personal lives and their ministry or things that they're, you know, waiting for help on or decisions on. And um, one of the things that I used to do was I had an hour time slot for many of those. And um, I would fill that time and it was good times and it's great connection times. Um, But what I found was that Um, again, it was, it was taking up, like, I'm really thinking about for me, I have 32 office hours in a week, four days in the office. And I was finding that this was just these one-on-one meetings were taking up a third or more of my time. And that didn't even count times where I was, I would be meeting up with like teams to collaborate on things. And so this was just becoming a pervasive problem and that I couldn't get time to work on other things. And so what I did is I started moving those meetings to 45 minutes at first and I found, okay, I'm not losing any relational connection or value here. And then what I've now moved to is actually one 45 minute conversation. And then the next week is a 15 minute touch base. And I I just say like, Hey, we're going to focus in on one or maybe two things, but we're just going to do that real quick. And I've got another appointment coming in right after. So like we got to stay on the calendar and that's really, that's really been helpful for um, freeing myself up that I'm still able to get that relational connection time, but also it's not eating up my whole calendar and my whole week with, um, cause they have like 15 different people who would report up to me. And so um, I don't want to just get, you know, get all of my time stuck, sucked into that. Yeah. Uh, so quick follow up, and I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think about this. 
Um, you know, a thing that's become very popular, and I'm a fan of it, is collaborative workspaces. Um, yeah. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I, I do think I do think it kind of can scratch that itch of allowing for some natural relational time, but also yeah. giving people the op- opportunity to get their work done. But of course, there is also a temptation for people like me to um, to not get as much work done because there's such a temptation when other people are around. So give give me your thoughts on that. Um, do you think it's valuable? Is it does it work? Does it not? What do you think? Yeah, I I mean, I think everybody's wired differently. So you, you'd have to kind of play around with that and see for yourself. We're in a situation right now where um, we've got like, uh, let's see, it's probably like 10 different people in four offices. So uh, and it's just that we don't have other spaces to meet in. And so de facto, we are in each other's spaces and um, in that. And one of the things that I've found is that it, it is much harder to remain focused on that big picture stuff or the, the most important things um, if I have somebody there. Now, if I pop in my headphones and I can kind of get away from it, but um, that at that point is uh, to me very very similar. So I don't know, I, the, the, the research I'm seeing right now is actually that um, even some of the more progressive companies are moving back away from some of the collaborative space and, and into some more, uh, you know, isolated offices and things of that nature. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that all flushes out. But I think everybody is different. And for me, I really try to think, like, even at the lunch hour, like, hey, let me, let me use that time as 30 minutes for me to try to just have fun and connect with my team. But let me dedicate it for just those 30 minutes so that it doesn't just balloon out. I'm blessed to work with like some of my best friends. And so it'd be really easy for the day to turn into a hang. And um, that that's not all, that's not appropriate use of, of time for that all the time. You know, I wonder if it isn't also just another uh, case study in the idea that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Like you can set up your office however you want, but your culture ultimately is going to win out. So even if you have shared workspace, if your culture is isolation, that's how people are going to function in that space. Um, and if you have a culture of focused um, work with clear expectations and deliverables, then even if you work in the same space, the culture will keep it from becoming overly detrimental or distracting. Um, Absolutely. So I think there's you know things to be said for just the impact of the culture of the church organization, regardless of that setup. Um, when I've heard you talk about this, uh, some of the things that have been most helpful to me, Jonathan, is you've talked a little bit about um, you know, the role of delegation even in managing the productivity of your work week. What can only you do? What should only you be doing? Um, you've talked about um, you know, sort of the freedom of saying no to things. And then you've also talked about this idea of um, having other people be able to speak into your life in a way that helps you make tough decisions. I think you used the phrase, break the tie. Um, so can you speak a little bit uh, to those those ideas? Yeah. So the uh, the break the tie thing is is basically if if you can't decide what you should be taking off your calendar because you're like, well, should I be doing this or, or shouldn't I be like, should, should is this something I should be or should I be giving this to somebody else or is this something like we shouldn't be um, in investing in? What one of the things I will do is actually go to a friend who uh, is knows the knows me knows my senior pastor knows um, our church really well goes to our church 
Um, and I, I respect him and, and he respects me. And I might even just run it by him to see what he thinks to get that outside perspective. He breaks the tie to say, hey, is this something I should be spending and investing my time on? Because like I said, I, I know I have blind spots, but I, they're blind spots. So I don't, I don't know what they are. And so getting help from outside perspectives, I've, I've found to be uh, super helpful. And, and uh, so, yeah, that, that's what the break the tie concept is. That's if you're just like really stuck, like, should I be or shouldn't I be doing this thing as you're kind of looking at your week? One of the other um, terms that we've heard you use when you talk about this is the idea of decision leeches. And yeah. um, I, I can't help but feel like you were talking about, David, when you said this term. But <laughs> um, could you break, break it down for us a little bit? What do you mean when you say decision leeches? And, uh, and what, does that, what does that mean for us? Yeah, so decision leeches are, are maybe you ask somebody to go run with a task and they start running with it, um, but every time they want to move it forward, they come back to you. And I, I think that oftentimes as the leader, we think of the problem in decision leeches as the other person, but I think a lot of times it's us, that we haven't clarified how much authority they have within the parameters we're giving them and, and what you are expecting for them to come back to you for decisions on. And so either they take it too far and you're frustrated that you weren't kept in the loop or, or it feels like it just, it, it's a decision leech. Like they just keep coming back to you um, on, on every, everything. And so it's like, man, this took me way longer to actually do than if I would have just done it myself. And um, and so I, I think what I've found to help is number one, to clarify that on the front end as best you can is like, maybe you're saying, this is what I want accomplished, how you accomplish that you have latitude on how to do that. Like, that's just, that's helpful information for the person you're trying to empower. Um, but the other thing is that if, if they come back to you and they're asking for a, a decision, you might even just want to ask them for their recommendation and say, what, what, what would you do in this scenario? And then in that sense, you're, you're raising up and training up somebody else. Because what I've found is that, uh, you know, I don't know, probably eight times out of 10 or so, 80%, like they make a decision that is either equal to, or sometimes even better, or it's, it's on the same playing field as, as it, like, I know it will work, even if it was a different decision than I would make, I think that will work. So yeah, go ahead and do that. And oftentimes I think way more than 80, you know, 20% of the time, I think I would have done that differently, but now I'm, I'm training up and raising up and allowing somebody else to have ownership of something. And that's what I'm really trying to do is, is not just delegate tasks, but delegate authority to people to be able to make good decisions for us. Yeah, that's good. And that's so crucial to leadership development, of course, um, yeah. even beyond productivity. Um, it's helping other people be productive and take ownership. Uh, one last mm -hmm. question for you. Um, there, I know there's lots of resources out there, apps out there that help people more productive. Uh, what are some of your favorites? Yeah, some of my favorites. So I like I live in Evernote and it's it both can be like my place where I'm like writing a message um, or content like you're talking about, Dave, or it can just be like a brain dump space. Um, so that that's where I like write my long form notes is Evernote. Um, our team works together using Trello. And uh, so you can like designate cards for responsibilities. That's really helpful. And then for um, productivity, as far as the tasks I want to get done, um, I really like both things 
three they're up to now um, and TikTok. At TikTok, yep, yep, that's where I uh, do most, and uh, and uh, to do, which is the number two, and then do uh, both of those. I I really appreciate those for for it. And now um, you there you are... use two different productivity apps. That doesn't seem very productive to me. Oh, dude, way to call me out. We need a tiebreaker. Uh, tiebreaker. <laughs> tiebreaker. I need I need to call. Can we? Can I phone a friend and uh, see? Um, I've, I've bounced back and forth between the two, uh, things integrates really well with the calendar, but to do is a little bit more simple. So I've gone back and forth, mm. which is super unproductive of me. No, I'm just glad to hear, be here to help you. So you're a great mentor. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Hey, Jonathan, this has been, uh, this has been great, man. This is really helpful. I know, I know even for me, I've, I've snatched a few takeaways that I'm going to try to implement and probably by the next podcast, I'll be way more productive. Thank you God. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, but Perfect. before we go, um, I know you're an avid listener to the podcast, so you know, the little portion we do called David's eats. And, Absolutely. Uh, our heart is not just to create better leaders, but also better eaters. And mm. so um, we we want to ask you instead of asking David today because no one really cares. We really want to know what's the best thing you've eaten in the past. I don't know, couple of months, couple of weeks. We'll 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 give you a, a little extra time more than just the past week. What's the best thing you've eaten recently? Well, let me just say first, the worst thing I've eaten was today. I ate that like cheap Chinese mall food. <laughs> I had to go to the mall to get my phone fixed. And my four-year-old da- daughter was like, what is this place? Like she doesn't even know what a mall is. Um, so I had some terrible Chinese food. So that was, that was rough. But the best food I have eaten is my wife makes this killer deep dish pizza, uh, throws on uh, all sorts of meats on top of it with sausage and pepperoni. It's that thick crust. And man, she goes down nice and easy. So that is definitely the best. My wife is an, a phenomenal cook. Uh, I've been gaining weight every year since we've been married and proud of it. So <laughs> you don't prefer deep dish to New York style, do you? Uh, I prefer my wife's deep dish to New York style. <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's such a great answer, Jonathan, because yeah. Sarah is Sarah is one of our top listeners. She is. Yeah. She she literally doesn't know. Uh, you have a podcast, Dave, <laughs> and uh, I try to tell her, but she said, "Why would I listen to that?" So I don't wow. know. Wow. <laughs> no offense. None taken. Yeah. How can we be offended by that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for sharing a food item that none of us will ever get to enjoy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's super helpful. Oh, thanks, Jonathan, so much. Uh, we appreciate you being on and um, and talking about making the best productive work week possible. We're going to have you back on for our next episode as we talk about second chair leadership. And so if you've enjoyed this one, please come back. Check us out next time. This is the Multiply Podcast. We'll see you guys later. 